Hello, hello, and welcome to Super Lady Hero Hour here on Fanversation. I am your host, Yell Teagle. I'm joined by the lovely... I am KB, your other lovely host, and thank you for joining us on today's show about The Boys Season 2, Episode 5. Let's talk about this quick cap. Um, I'll be reading it this week. This is Season 2, Episode 5, as KB said, we gotta go now. (laughs) That's how you have to read the title. Um, Butcher has no more intentions to fight with the soups, but Black Noir traced his location and found him. What will he do now? Soups are shooting a film named Hashtag Daughter the Seven. Homelander is doing what Stormfront told him to do. That felt really ominous. Homelander is doing what Stormfront told him to do. It's like, what? That was an (laughs) odd way to end a quick cap for sure. I think it was a weird quick cap. It is all around. I mean, it's accurate, but it's still weird. And also, is the movie hashtag Dawn of the Seven or just Dawn of Dawn the Seven? Dawn of the Seven. <laughs> like, it could, honestly, the movie's so ridiculous, it could be hashtag Dawn of the Seven. I agree. Either one is crazy. <laughs> uh, let's jump into what's going on with Kimiko and Frenchie, because I feel like we kind of had a big like Kimiko start to the season and then now we're just watching her grieve. So it's nice to see something different. Um, I mean, I think that she is just trying to figure out life without her brother um, permanently being gone. Like I I always feel like, you know, obviously her and her brother have been separated for a very long time. So it is not as if they were seeing each other on a daily basis to begin with, but obviously death is permanent And so it's different because, you know, I feel like before their um, reunion, she still had a little bit of hope that she would eventually see him again um, and maybe hope that they could have like a a more lasting kind of sibling relationship. Uh, But that is not the case. So she's grieving. But um, Kamiko's grief really looks like a lot of murder. Um, And so, you know, wildly different from uh, most people. (laughs) So um, she is like, I'm going to kill and I'm going to take up a new job where I can kill. And then I'm going to practice those skills so that when I find Stormfront, I can murder her. I feel like is is where we're going. Oh, I totally agree. I think that, you know, um, grief does take on a lot of different uh, faces. And I think that anger is a big part of grief. And if, you know, she is a murderer and she found a way to to channel her, her grief and her skill set into the same task. And I think that's pretty wonderful to make it a job as well. Like, I don't blame her and I totally get it. Um, And I think that Frenchie's expectations of her is, um, is dumb. Like, I don't need a man telling her how to grieve or what to do with all this energy. Um, And I do really love that we've brought back that she can communicate um, and that he has no idea what it is. And I do love him being like, I don't know what you're saying because you chose not to teach me. Yeah. I mean, like ultimately that's really what it comes down to because, you know, we know that um, she's able to teach him. She's just chosen not to. And I wonder if like a part of that is just because, you know, she wants to kind of honor the communication that she had with her brother, because it seems like it was just the two of them and that was their thing. And she doesn't necessarily kind of want to share that with anyone else totally get it like uh, another stage of grief and and just kind of realizing that she won't see him again. Um, But yeah, I mean, the fact that she has channeled her rage into a paying, a high paying job, because being a hit woman 
is um, lucrative. I mean, honestly, um, she has now channeled it into that. Now, on one hand, I do understand what you're saying in terms of like, you know, Frenchie is taking the wrong approach. I do think his intentions are pure. Like, you know, he is mostly concerned with her not going down a path that she will eventually regret, which um, I, I feel like is is truthful. Like, you know, she has spent kind of so much of um, season one, you know, when we first meet her, she really is kind of like this killer threat, but then she kind of learned how to balance her emotions and kind of, you know, move through life in a different capacity. And so I, I think that she gained a sense of humanity by like working, um, you know, kind of with the boys and, and being in the crew in an odd sense, it's like a little sense of humanity, but humanity nonetheless. And so I think he is kind of worried about that. So I actually kind of, you know, I like the fact that he is concerned for her in that way. But Frenchie's approach is wrong because he takes a typical male stance in the sense that he is like, let me tell you, girl, how you should be doing it. And it's like, all right, now, like, we understand your intention behind it, but you do not need to tell her how she should be doing anything. Like, she's an adult, she knows, and he should listen to his, you know, um, friends with benefits um, who also told him the exact same thing. And he still feels like, no, 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 no. And so it's just like, okay, go off and be on an island by yourself and figure it out. Because all of these women are telling you and you are not listening. And now it's just, you're blatantly choosing not to listen. So like, whatever, Frenchie. Um, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it's really funny that she kind of gained her humanity with the boys. <laughs> like, it seems to be that they only allow her to kill when it benefits them. Like she has to, she's kind of like a pet to them. Um, and I think that that is an interesting thing that she will soon discover, I hope, and realize like, wait, they want to control me just like everybody so far has wanted to control me. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. I mean, I hope it ends with her rising up against them and giving them a lot more pushback because I feel like they feel like they can be this way with her because um, of her lack of communication in the past. And, you know, things have changed, you know, like really seeing her brother unlocked a, a whole other side that they have yet to see. And, um, you know, I hope they're ready for it. And I hope they start to give her the respect that she deserves, you know, kind of in that regard. But Absolutely. Um, speaking of the boys, let's talk about Butcher and M.M. and Huey and the aunt um, versus Black Noir. I um, love backstory. I love answers. I, I say this almost every week. I'm very impatient. I like answers. Um, so I loved getting more of Butcher's history, understanding that more um, through his aunt. And I really also like that Emma and Huey like tracked him down because um, it shows that like once he left Becca, he kind of got he kind of got sloppy, which like makes sense. He's heartbroken again. Um, and and the idea that again, <laughs> yeah, and and Black Noir being there um, was interesting. I was expecting more information on Black Noir. I really feel like this character is um, still mysterious and undefined, and I don't like it. <laughs> he is like the silent Deadpool of um, the crew. You know, like he is there to wreak havoc, but yet he says nothing ever. We don't know anything about him. It's funny because Homelander tries to, you know, he's like, yeah, Black Noir. And, you know, he's like, wants to say he's a black man. But then he's like, well, actually, I don't know because no one knows anything about him. He's just in this suit. We hire him. He kills. 
and then he moves on. And sometimes he eats snacks. Like those are kind of the things that he does. So um, I enjoyed that Butcher's aunt is a drug dealer. I was like, yes, look at her. You know, I kind of had a feeling she was in that first scene when she gave that woman that package. I was like, I feel like that's drugs and probably not a sandwich, but let's figure it out. Um, and then, you know, Huey's like, a drug dealer? It's like, Huey, how are you surprised by anything at this point? Yes. Let alone someone in Butcher's family. Like, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, Butcher is so distraught that Becca chose to leave him because it's different this time. Mm -hmm. You know, like the first time when you think that someone is dead, kind of like Kamiko, it feels permanent. And so your grief is going to look a little bit different. But because Becca blatantly chose not to be with him this is a different type of grief for him so naturally like you're um like you said to your point like he's going to be exceptionally sloppy and he was like something is going on because he's nice and so mm's like tell me everything because we will solve this puzzle so um yeah it was an interesting interesting dynamic i mean i feel like there could have been more i appreciated his aunt for like sharing a little bit more about his little brother lenny um, and how he passed away and why, you know, he kind of has this um, hot and cold relationship with Huey because he reminds him a lot of his brother. Um, but yeah, to your point, we didn't get enough Black Noir background. I mean, he is just a hired assassin. And then we got a lot more of Butcher, but we still don't know where that's going. So. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the surprise that the aunt was a drug dealer was like, obviously Butcher's history is not like he came from this whatever family like he obviously came from some sort of family and this makes sense um and i i do like getting the story of um of the brother and that story i agree i again we need more mm we need more black Mar like there are so many other stories that we're not yet getting and i am hoping we get them this season um because we're at episode five now yeah, there are not many episodes left. So, you know, like this is an Amazon show. It is eight episodes. So, I mean, you know, we don't have very much time to kind of tie up these loose ends. Um, but again, you know, like we spoke at length last week about my theories about MM. Um, I would just like to see, you know, just a morsel of <laughs> content. Like, just give me a little bit. I don't even care at this point. Like, I will just take a smidgen. Of, of MN. Yeah. I will also say I loved the elaborate, um, you know, bomb making of whatever's around. I think that was phenomenal. It reminds us that our boys are resourceful, um, that they don't have superpowers. They have whatever is available to them in that moment. And I think that's so freaking cool that they were able to set up the booby traps. Um, um, I, it's wild how, like, explosive those bombs truly were like you know what i mean like when you make like a kitchen sink bomb you don't think that it's going to be so powerful but like the fact that like when you make a kitchen sink bomb well yeah i mean it's just like when you make a, a bomb out of things that are just readily available in your house like no one i feel like in those scenarios like no one is thinking this is going to be the world's most powerful bomb but like the entire house was shaking <laughs> when they went upstairs. I was like, dang, what did he make out of these household items? Because like the entire place is basically on fire. Everything's broken. And I'm like, how powerful were these? And it was only like three of them. So I'm like, what is happening with these bombs? No, I agree. I just, I'm just, 
coming to realization of the sentence when you do this. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like I have not done this personally, right. but I've seen it, you know, like throughout different TV shows. And <laughs> I know that these characters are not thinking like, this is going to be like a grade A, like super powerful mom. And meanwhile, I was like, dang, like what is happening up there? Like, yeah, I was surprised the, the the taffy room didn't cave in. Yes, the taffy. Oh, I love that she calls it the taffy room. He's like, this is the taffy room? Yes, a drug layer, aka a taffy room. That's where you make the taffy. I love it. Hello. Um, let's move over to some of the soups who are shooting Dawn of the Seven. How this awful. Oh, God. The movie looks terrible. It literally looks like the worst film of all time. The writing seems bad. Um, the acting is awful. Um, yeah. It's odd to me. I was thinking about it. And it's odd to me that the superheroes, right? So if we think about it, these are people whose families were given Compound V and told, we're going to give you a super child. And here are the requirements of raising this child, right? They have to start entering pageants or start attending events or start. So like they have to start building a personality and a following. They also apparently have to have acting skills because now they have to also be in movies. Like, and they have to have press, uh, they have to be media trained so that they can do the interviews. Like there are all these skill sets that are going into, you know, they have to be able to either make, wear, or buy the costumes. Like they're just, when you think about the logistics of it, it feels like a lot. Um, and I wonder if any of these kids even went to school <laughs> because they don't have time for that on top of everything else. Like what type of school do you go to that teaches you how to be a soup plus live your life? You know, like what are what does that look like? I, something that did kind of cross my mind though as I was watching this god awful film, um, and you know, like everyone was awful except A Train. Actually, like A Train scene was actually really good, um, and I was like, oh wow, it's you know, this scene is really good. Except you know, he got fired. But I was thinking, you know, because obviously they threatened to expose him if he didn't just take his severance and move on. And I was wondering to myself, like, how much Compound V would have cost him to have a heart attack, though, because he's been given this compound V since he was at birth. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it really started to like, uh, uh, the scientist in my head really started to be like, so how much was he given as a child? And then do you have to get like boosters, you know, essentially like at various stages in life? And then how much compound V did he take in order to have this heart attack? Like I started to think about like how much is truly detrimental because you guys were already experimenting on just regular kids so like, you know, what happens in adulthood? So Those are great questions. I'm hoping we found that out. That's a really great question. Um, I agree that his scene was the best, but it also that made me go, wait, so his exit from the team is written into a movie and that's how the world is going to find out that he exited the team? Like that's the, the idea that they're making. I The idea that they're making real people also act out their own story in a movie seems um, seems off. It seems off. It seems, this is gonna be a weird thing to say, it seems unbelievable in, yeah. this, in this universe because that's not how it works, right? Like we have people who do exist and are heroes in real life. Uh, we just lost one this weekend. Um, and her movie, there was a movie about her life 
and it was played by an actor. <laughs> like, you wouldn't expect her to play her own life. But it goes back to what you just said um, in terms of, you know, like, they are expected from a very young age to be able to know how to do so many different things. So maybe to them, in their mind, this makes them, um, like, more likable from, like, you know, like a... a training a media training perspective like maybe sure. they're thinking that the film will make them more likable to the actual general public and you know maybe that'll help build numbers and, and boost their likability ratings like i'm thinking that that's probably you know because it'll, it'll just make them feel like oh they're just like everyone else who happen to have superpowers which to be frank they are actually just like everyone else they just were experimenting on as kids like truly they really right. are like everyone else they just you know their parents were like I don't want my kid to be ordinary. I want my kid to be exceptional. So sure, you can experiment on my baby. Sure. Um, so A-Train is announcing his his departure, departure. from the team. Um, Maeve is coming out in the movie. Um, you no, know she was already outed on national television. So like this right. feels like unnecessary. Like honestly, they could have taken the Maeve storyline out because she was already outed in real life. Whereas with A-Train, you know, no one knows that he's out yet. So. Yeah, um, I think the whole storyline with her and her partner and and how her partner's like, I don't want to be part of this, I think is interesting and realistic and, and understandable. Um, I also do love the way the media team was like, you know, let me explain how people will accept you. Mm -hmm. um, because that is very much the way the the media currently is towards queer people. And I think it was very interesting for them to be like we're making a joke but it's clearly the truth right right yeah so um i'm gonna be honest and say i don't care what happens with this film like i hope like i hope they move on from it because i'm just like i don't need any more of this wildly ridiculous film um that's like clearly way over budget but <laughs> It feels like it's being used as a narrative tool for our story and it doesn't need to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not interested. I will say something also that happened after the Dawn of the Seven and after Maeve start, uh, stopped filming. She went to go see The Deep, which, you know, we talked last week about this sham of a marriage. Um, and she went to go see The Deep and literally played right into what he's been building up to, right? So like... His whole goal is to get back into the seven. He's been doing media training, you know, um, with, why, why can I never remember this church's name? The Collective. Yes, the Church of the Collective. He's been doing this like intense media training to get back on, on task and on board. And she finds him at um, what was supposed to be, you know, like um, a homeless shelter was supposed to be feeding the homeless. Instead, they're giving out their book, which is wildly ridiculous. Yes. And they're serving no food to the homeless community. And she's like, okay, you're gonna need someone on your side to make you look better if you wanna get back in the seven. And I was like, wow, she played right into that. Which is interesting to me that they chose Maeve to play into that because um, I feel like in season one, she was one, I mean, she has been assaulted by Homelander. So, you know, it's like, mm, is this the path that you really want to go down? Right. Um, so I don't know what she thinks is going to happen, you know, when this occurs. I don't know what her ulterior motive is, I guess is the best way to put it because mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm. And she was one of the first people to, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I truly don't remember it's fuzzy, but I feel like she was one of the first people 
to empathize with Starlight when she found out. So. Right. I, I agree. I think, I mean, obviously there's an ulterior motive and I'm, I'm eager to see what that is because at this point I'm like, no, why are we helping him? He doesn't deserve it. Right. 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 And also that commercial that he did, I think it's hilarious that the productions within the production are so awful because that, that commercial that he did was so terrible. It was worse than the film. And I was like, what is this commercial? It looks like it was made, you know, by um, a raccoon. Like what, what is happening? It's so terrible. It's funny that you say that because both his like calling out problems were, hey, stop that. Hey, stop that. No, like, and then he goes, at one point he goes, hey man, that's not cool. And it was just like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, that's, you're not doing anything. Nothing. Um, speaking of not doing anything. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good segue, but that's what I'm going with. Let's talk about um, Starlight for a bit um, and Stormfront. Yeah, so Starlight's mom returns. Um, apparently Starlight has been avoiding her for a good reason. Cause actually it is more than just, you know, finding out about compound B. I mean, Star uh, Starlight's mom was pretty terrible in general. Like, I mean, just, you know, kind of, you have to maintain a certain weight. You can't eat this. You need to be this. You need to do that. So they already had like a ton of issues. Um, but for her to come back and start to like sneakily work her way in with Stormfront um obviously does not go over well with starlight um it wouldn't go over well with me either like if you have a problem in our relationship you should probably address me directly but like talking to a semi-colleague i wouldn't even consider stormfront a real colleague at this point because they've known each other for like a week like that's what it feels like maybe maybe shorter than that i mean honestly so it's like i just learned her name she just joined like so yeah <laughs> No, I agree. I think um, Starlight and her mom, that dynamic, I I kind of wish we'd get a little more of in that like up until her joining the seven, her mom was her momager. Like she was always there. And so the idea that now that she is in the seven, her mom is so cut out. I feel like her mom would be fighting to be in her life more. Um, and the idea that she's now like, you know, I understand I'll, I'll, I'll be here if you need me seems um seems out of place seems not momager you know it almost makes me wonder if stormfront found her mom and brought her there mm -hmm. you know like i just i feel like there's some sort of intentionality and so obviously things come to a head in this episode with stormfront and starlight now stormfront already dropped some you know grade a shade at the lunch table and in crafty where she basically was like, gosh, who who could have leaked it? And like, look Starlight directly in her eyes, basically like, girl, I know you leaked this. And so then, you know, towards the end of the episode, we see them, you know, Stormfront basically is just upfront with her. Like, okay, girl, like, I know that you did it. I know who you used in your, your game of chess. Like, I understand why, you know, et cetera. I mean, she wasn't even like, using it in a threatening manner. She was just like, girl, I know your secret. Like, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then Starlight, who is the worst for this, because I feel like she never knows 
when it's time to use valuable information, she just says things. And I'm like, girl, that is actually the worst thing. You should have never played your hand this way. She's like, oh, well, I know that you're Liberty. Honestly, I agree with you. I think she was doing, when she got caught and she was like, how could you talk to my mom? We have a hard relationship. And she started crying. I was like, wow, good job. Like, get it. Like, yes, 100% a believable reason you're in her trailer. Like, I would totally buy this. And then she screwed it up. Screwed it up. And even Stormfront calls her out. She was like, girl, that first part, grade A acting. This second part, awful. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I'm Stormfront is a really good villain mm-hmm. um, because she's so smart and because she's um, not afraid of anything. And then we see her and, and her interactions with Homelander um, in terms of helping him with the memes and and if you've watched the social dilemma and then watched this episode, <laughs> it's heartbreaking to see how real everything Stormfront does uh, with her team of meme trolls is. It's just, anyway, I, I love it. I haven't this. watched the social dilemma. I'm supposed to watch it this weekend, but You'll I see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't watched it yet, but I have heard some things. And so I'm curious to see how I feel about it after I've watched that. But um, yeah, so for for me, I mean, Stormfront is a good villain because she knows when it's the appropriate time to let some knowledge drop, mm-hmm. um, unlike Starlight. And so, you know, she knows that Starlight did this, but you still can't tell how she's going to use that to a, her advantage. And, you know, she just allows Starlight to walk away. Like, I mean, uh, Homelander knocks on her door, but right. I think she would have let her walk away, or walk away regardless because right. I think that her plan is so much bigger. And she even says to her, oh, I'm going to have so much fun using you to my advantage. Right. Because she's thinking long-term, larger scale. Um, Starlight is just, you know, she's not good under pressure. I mean, that's just the reality. She's too honest, you know, like, which is the reason why she's not the villain. Like she is just too transparent. I feel like, but I agree. I think she's also a little bit naive yes. um, <laughs> and, and young. And I think that that's interesting to see them as colleagues with hundreds of years in between them. Possibly. Okay. You're so dramatic. Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Only 70, you know? So like, you know, 70, it like might 50 as well be a hundred. 50 years. She's only 70. She's only 200 years. They're 8,000 years apart in age. She's an ancient one. (laughs) She was Um, here before the earth. All right. Um, Let's get to the the dirty that everyone wants to talk about. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I have been waiting um, for the scene because it was in the trailers from day one, I feel. I've been waiting for him to laser her tits. Like that's been what I've been waiting for. I um, did not see that in the trailer. So really? I feel like I didn't. Also, I may not have watched the trailer. I mean, to be honest, everything feels like a blur right now. Um, so yeah, I always knew they would have sex. Like I just knew when they brought her on board, I was like, they're probably gonna have sex because Homelander really likes these kind of twisted situations anyway, where like, he needs to feel in control and powerful and, you know, he needs to feel like he conquered something. And so 
I saw this coming, but lasering her boobs, I was like, what? Yeah, she likes pain. Um, I really, bless you. I really loved, um, I really loved finally seeing it within context and then seeing where it goes. Um, I just read, actually, I'm going to shout out to an amazing interview in Collider with Christina Radish um, speaking to Homelander himself about the shooting of the sex scene mm -hmm. and how it was choreographed because it's essentially a fight scene yes. um, and, and less... It was, they discussed less about like their comfort with the intimacy and more about like making sure everyone was safe and making sure that the set was, you know, everyone ends up where they need to be exactly to do the things that they need to do. Um, and I think that's so fascinating um, and you should definitely check out that interview. But like, I, I think it's so interesting when there's magic or superheroes involved, it's great to see the sex be different. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the stunt choreography was on point. Like, you know, and I was less concerned, which I think was intentional. I was less concerned about the sex because you're so enthralled by them having this power play and struggle mm -hmm. happen, you know, instead. Um, so, I mean, I, from a stunt perspective, it was great. You know, I saw these two characters having sex at some point um you know it is going to be interesting when he finds out that she's like you know 50 a lot older than what he thinks hundreds of years old. i'm just it's gonna be real interesting because homelander does not deal with change well and you know in his mind he has this idea of who she is um so i don't know how that's gonna go over that's true, but he I don't think will have an issue with the age itself. I think he'll have an issue with the fact that he didn't know or that it was a lie or whatever, mm -hmm. but I don't think he'll have an issue with the age itself um, because we've seen that he has mommy issues and has no problem with an older woman. Well, I think that he will have an issue with the fact that there is someone who is more powerful, more seasoned, you know, kind of um, has been around a lot longer than him um, and has kind of revamped herself over decades. Um, I think that he's going to have a problem with that or he'll either see it as an opportunity for longevity in his own career. Mm. I'm gonna put that in quotes because like Homelander, you actually don't have a job. Like this is right. but okay. In his career um, as a soup, you know. Let's talk about his career as a soup for a second because this episode did discuss, you know, the collateral damage within war um, is a way to put it. Um, and and his reaction to that and how he treated it. Um, what did you think of this storyline? Because we've known from the beginning that he does not care for civilian life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really think anything about the storyline, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, like, you know, we kind of know where Homelander stands in terms of civilian life. We know how he feels about creating war scenarios to make himself look better to make himself, you know, get his points higher on the likability scale. Um, so he's always crafting these kind of scenarios that will end up um, bringing him more attention and more fame. Um, so for me, like, I honestly don't even really view this as a career. I mean, I just kind of see it as like, Homelander wants to be the center of the universe. And this is an opportunity 
as everything is for him to be the face and the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting to see him take a different approach because, you know, we did get to see that kind of shift where for the first time he doesn't react in a scenario. He just takes it in, he leaves, and then he goes and he yells by himself and he cries and he's having a moment because people don't like him and this, this, you know, narcissistic need to just always have love and affection from everyone in the world. He has a meltdown, which of course is what leads him to going to Stormfront and getting that help on the social media front um, and, and getting his numbers up because that's what's most important. Right. But yeah, like, I think that like career-wise, like he's basically a hollow shell, if that makes sense. Like there is no, if it's not about him being liked, then, you know, he, he doesn't have a real purpose in life. I guess that's the best way to put it. Like he is not, and not saying that like your purpose should be rooted in your career. Absolutely not. But personally and professionally, he actually does not have a purpose in life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think what's interesting is that it's very clear that this horrible thing he did is not going to mean that he's not going to keep doing it. It doesn't mean he's going to be fired. It doesn't mean it's going to, it's not going to lead to change. Um, and I think that, you know, this show does very much hit current events very nicely. Um, I, I was reading this, I think it was in uh, Christina Radish's uh, article actually about how he is, the embodiment of nationalism and Stormfront is the embodiment of racism. And we are watching them together uh, move forward. And I think that that's a firestorm, yeah. a firestorm. I mean, truly, because, you know, anything is possible. And so I did retweet an article that I have saved because I haven't, I haven't read it in its entirety yet, but it basically it's in complex complex.com. And it basically speaks to um, the racism in the show and how, you know, racism is serving kind of as its own um, superpower um, within the show. And I think we'll see more of that. You know, it's interesting because Stormfront, um, when she's on set and A-Train sits down and she's like, oh, are you upset that you were let go? There's a tinge of racism that A-Train picks up on. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, okay. Like, like I didn't see that coming, which also Adrian, you should always see it coming, but he didn't see it coming, but it still was just, it was so under the radar. Like it was just the slickest of comments that like most people may have not caught on to. I mean, A-Train's black. So he immediately was like, yeah, okay. I, I understand what you're trying to do here. I understand your tone. Mm -hmm. um, but it just goes to show how she is subtly racist, you know, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways she is not, you know, she is not out and, and proud with her racism. I mean, she is when she kills Kimiko's brother, right? right? But like there, in other ways, it's just very, very, very subtle. Mm -hmm. So again, I am still curious how this plays out because we know that Stormfront is taking her orders from Stan Edgar. Like, I, I mean, I feel like that's obvious, but Stan is a black man, so I am still, trying to figure out like how right. we'll work together um, moving forward. But. Oh, I think you froze. Um, oh, you're back. Great. All right. <laughs> um, let's go on to our rating uh, here on Super Lady Hero Hour. The way we rate our episodes is from poop to kittens. 
uh, and anywhere in between. So KB, this episode, what do you think? Poop to kittens, where would you rate it? This one was still a middle of the road in between for me. Like it wasn't terrible, so I, I don't think it deserves poop. Um, but it wasn't fantastic. I, I don't feel like it moved the story and the narrative as much as I would have hoped it did. Um, like we did see some things come to a head. We did learn more about Butcher. You know, um, I think the biggest thing was that Stormfront and Starlight are now on an even playing field in the sense that like they're on the same page. They know each other's secrets or at least that's what Starlight thinks because obviously Stormfront has way more secrets kind of hidden away in her bag. But right now from Starlight's perspective, you know, she thinks like, okay, well now we both know something about each other. It's like, yeah, that's true. But also, you know, don't underestimate Stormfront's power. Um, so I still feel like it's very middle of the road for me. Um, and so, you know, I will just like give it a spatula. All right, I've got a spoon for you, like a spatula, but spoon-like. <laughs> Um, I agree with you. I think that it's, um, it is middle of the road for me as well. I know last week our middle of the road was an almond joy. And this week I agree also a spoon or spatula, um, is how I'm rating it because I think that, I think that, um, this episode moved us forward a little bit, but not forward enough. Um, for such a short season, I want every episode to be progressive. I want every episode to be moving us and I want more information. So I did like that we got some backstory. I feel like we could have used more. Yeah, and I do like that, you know, we got an opportunity to see Stan Edgar call off Black Noir. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that's headed, but, you know, now Stan also has some information. Um, you know, he knows kind of um, that Butcher has photos or allegedly at right. this point, it doesn't even matter because Butcher's memory is enough. So like, you know, Butcher knows everything about the rape, the child, you know, he is in the know. Um, so it's gonna be curious. I'm curious to see kind of how that plays out with Stan Edgar um, as well. I wish we just got a little bit more, but you know, totally fine. So that brings me to what is your badass or, you know, WTF moment of the week? So I um, remember watching and I remember something very specific happening and I went, that's the moment. And my badass moment is Kamika ripping that person's face off oh, by the ear. My gosh. The entire face. I honestly, at this point, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised by how much they showed us. Like I did not think that that right. was going to happen and yet it did. So that's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I feel like that's a badass plus W. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about you? Um, so I am going to go with that sex scene. It was a WTF. I was like, what is happening, guys? And then when they are like, you know, levitating and um, the chandelier falls, I was just like, what is happening? Um, that entire scene was crazy. And obviously it was about the power struggle. Um, you know, when he is, you know, burning through her breasts, I kept thinking, okay, is she going to like regenerate? Um, that did not happen. So I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on here? So it also like simultaneously, I was like WTF, but I also was like, hmm, I need to know more about Stormfront's powers. Like yes. simultaneously, but, um, yeah, I mean. No, I agree. 
I think that her powers are undefined still. Yes. Like, I don't know her strength because I don't truly understand. Like, okay, she can control the weather. Like, we've seen her do that. I've seen her control lightning. But, like, otherwise, it's kind of like, yeah, girl, what do you do? <laughs> Give us the tea. Yeah. Um, I, for anyone who is joining us, uh, I see that we have some viewers. Remember every week you can give us your rating from poop to kittens or anywhere in between. And also let us know your badass or WTF moment from the episode. Um, we would love to read those out on the air, Ooh. but at this point we got to look, uh, forward and talk about season two, episode 06. Episode 06. It reminds me of high school like graduating. <laughs> Episode six, what do you think? Uh, what are you hoping to see? What do you think's going to happen? No, um, you know, I'm just hoping to get more MM. I just want more, you know, in this previous episode, he did get shot. Um, so, but he said it was fine. I mean, it's like, okay, are you like, please just give me some more context backstory. I would love that. Um, you know, Laz is a, phenomenal human being, like honestly the kindest person. Um, I'm excited to see him in this role, except I just need more context about his character. Um, I still think he should be the team lead because obviously they still need some assistance. The team is very fraught and broken and it's all over the place. And um, if they're truly going to take down Bot, then maybe they should stand on one accord, which right now it just doesn't seem like it's possible in the final three episodes because that's how many we have left. So what about you? What are your predictions for episode six? What are you hoping for? Um, so for episode six, I again, I'm really impatient and I want answers. So I would like, at very minimum, I would like a definition of what uh, Stormfront's powers are, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it that she can do? That's what I want. Um, I also saw that we had a very tiny introduction to a new character that she knows with um, Sean Ashmore playing that role. And I would like so much more information about Sean Ashmore. Um, I'm a big fan of the Ashmore brothers. And so I cannot wait to see where this character, who this character is, where this character goes um, and what they have to do with everything. Because I feel like we've, we have a lot of characters <laughs> Let's see what they have to do with each other. But but we're bringing in more characters. What well, do they have to do with anything? What is the overall picture? Yes. yes. Um, agreed. Well, um, I think that, you know, this episode was fantastic. Well, uh, of our recap, obviously, um, we rated the, the actual episode. But I mean, I think that this recap was fantastic. And next week, if you guys are going to tune in, we are going to have a special guest join us to talk about episode seven. So yes. Um, um, awesome. Before we wrap up, yeah, uh, Unfitting Revenge uh, gave us gave us a rating for this episode. Um, I give it a glass of milk, which is closer to kittens in honor of mother's milk. Okay. Yeah. MM, my favorite, one of my faves. Kimiko and MM are my two faves. So yeah, I love um, that rating. Yes. Um, yes, um, I see that there is information that Unfitting Revenge is sharing us about Sean Ashmore's character. I'm going to not put it up because I feel like it's, it might be a spoiler. Um, so we're going to choose to keep it a little secret. Um, and, uh, oh, it, uh, Eternal Scorpio says, I give it one kitten, not multiple kittens. That's fair. That's fair. I love these ratings, people. This is great. One kitten, not multiple. That's totally fair. Um, which means you still thought it was good, though. So, yeah. well, you know, yay. 
Um, until next week when we have our guest, uh, or we have a guest on episode seven, you were saying? That's right. We're going to have a special guest on episode seven. And, you know, obviously we will uh, announce it on social media when we are plugging the show for next week. Um, but we do have a special guest who will join us and talk all things episode seven. So, yeah. Awesome. Until then, where can everyone keep up with you, KB? So I can be found at, at the Lady KB, as you see here, T-H-E-L-A-D-Y-K-A-Y-B. That is on Instagram and Twitter only. Um, you know, this week, be on the lookout. I will have some content coming out around the brand new Amazon show, Utopia, which will drop next week and is kind of comic book based. It's real interesting conspiracy theory. Um, I... I'm hooked on the show, I, I will say, um, but we'll have some cast interviews um, out next week on the beat um, around that. And then some some interviews for Emily in Paris, which you know is Netflix's new show that will be coming out October 2nd and it is divine. So yeah, you just find me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, the links to my work and everything will be there. So where can people find you, Yell? Um, I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Please do not forget to sub subscribe here to Fanversation so you don't miss a single episode of Super Lady Hero Hour. I am, of course, going to be back on Twitch tomorrow at 3 p.m. Um, trying to play a video game. Trying being the keyword. Please come tell me how to do it. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody for joining us. Um, I appreciate everyone who came to watch us live. And if you're not watching us live, try to check us out live so you can give us your rating um, and your badass or WTF moment. And we'll see you next week. Ooh, and also next Ooh. week, if you want to join and you want to ask questions in the comment section, do that as well. Yes, absolutely. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, guys.